0: Welcome to MotorPod, the internet radio show all about motorcycle road racing. This is episode number 736. I'm your host, Richard Jarrett Just a quick flying solo spot from me this time, because this is the first of a couple of World Superbike specials that I was able to record at Donington Park a couple of weeks ago. I've split it into two parts, simply to avoid having a three-hour-long show. So in this first segment, you'll be hearing me speaking with Bonovo BMW's Garrett Gerloff and Loris Baz, Moto X Racing Yamaha's Bradley Ray, Barney Spark Ducati's Danilo Petrucci, Rocket BMW Motorrad team boss Shaw Muir, and GRT Yamaha's Domi Agata. I did actually manage to bump into Taz McKenzie and John McPhee towards the end of the day at the back of the pit garages as well, so quick couple of chats from those guys. Now, it must be said that my recording equipment is a little bit rudimentary, so apologies for the audio quality in a few places. Some of the interviews took place in the team hospitality units, There is some background chatter, clinking of plates and knives and forks and so on. My chat with Brad Ray in particular was outside and it was quite windy. So there is a little bit of wind buffeting noise, I'm afraid. And of course, Donington Park is situated right next to East Midlands Airport. So there's uh, fairly constant flights taking off as well. So again, bit of noise of planes taking off. As you all know I'm still finding my feet with this interview business so I tried to ask as many interesting questions as I could a few slightly more pointed direct questions where appropriate but inevitably there was a little bit of repetition in there so apologies if the same question does come up a couple of times and one notable thing is that unlike the recent BSB interviews that I've started to do at the back of the pits for the Superbike I was dealing with the team press officers and in some cases that involved the press officer sitting in on the interview and listening to the questions and the answers for that matter so yep that was a new experience for me but overall great access and as is often said the world superbike paddock a pretty friendly place and thanks in particular must go to uh, mikhail morale from Dorna who was very very helpful to motopod in getting us the access on the thursday press day also for bene from bmw max from barney spark racing chiara from moto x racing and pierre Paolo and federico from yamaha as a quick but important aside, I was lucky enough yesterday, and I'm recording this intro on July the 19th. I was lucky yesterday to get a couple of hours up at Silverstone circuit where press and happily some podcasters were invited along to a pre-British Grand Prix discussion. As part of that, I was able to sit and have a chat for about 40 minutes or so with Stuart Pringle, who's the managing director of Silverstone circuit. So Given that the British Grand Prix is coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get that one edited and launched as soon as possible. So probably that will come out before part two of this World Superbike special. So apologies for the slightly odd timing on some of this. But yeah, need to get the Silverstone special out as well. In part two of my World Superbike stuff, you're going to be hearing a couple of longer chats. Now, the first of these came from the Adventure Bike Rider Festival at Ragley Hall in Warwickshire, which took place back in June. And at that event, I was able to sit down for almost an hour and chat with a good friend of the show, Greg Haynes. So thanks to Greg and to Ducati UK for their time and somewhere to sit in the cool because it was a roasting hot day. That chat actually featured a very brief appearance by Ducati's Chaz Davis, who is somebody that we've been trying to get onto the show properly for quite some time. So I was actually able to arrange a longer sit down chat with Chaz at the aforementioned Donington Park Press Day. So in the second of the chats in part two, you'll hear, yeah, a longest chat that I had with Chaz, where we get to discuss what he does for the Aruba IT Ducati team and World Superbike, and also touch on some of his career history as well. So once again, just to wrap up, thanks to everybody involved. Thanks to the teams, the riders, the press officers, and Dawn of the Organisers, and Donington Park. Thanks also to our new show partner, Roadskin. Hopefully some of you will have seen some of the photos that we put out on the Instagram feed. We're also on threads and Twitter, as you will know. Do please subscribe to us on all of those platforms because that really helps the show a great deal. Please like and subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. And once again, we're trying to do more for the show in terms of content, but we do need your support both in terms of subscriber numbers, paid supporters if you possibly can. All of this is going to help us to grow the show and increase the content. So with that being said, over to the Donaton Chats. Here we go. Well, hey everybody, Richard here from Motopod and delighted to be joined by Garrett Gerloff, a Bonovo Action BMW rider in World Superbike this year. So. Garrett, probably, well, almost certainly, first time onto the show, I would guess.
1: Hey, yeah, first time on the show, but excited to be here.
0: A lot of American listeners, and we have a guy that goes around Moto America, so I don't know if you've been counting MotoPod before. But... I've been
1: I've been over here for a, a little bit too long, probably. Well, but...
0: MotoPod's actually been going since 2006. So... Oh, okay, oh, dang. Right, yeah, well... So I reckon it must be probably one of the oldest motorcycle racing podcasts out there. Yeah, so... let's go. they are kind of getting it real again, I'm doing some more interview work, so here we are. <laughs> so, Garrett, year number four in World Superbike. After a lot of success in Moto America, so two-time supersport champion in America, multiple superbike winner in Moto America, good few years out of America now. So how do you rate this championship in terms of the challenge and the overall competitive nature of the series?
1: Yeah, this championship is for sure a different level than Moto America. I wouldn't say, maybe not overall level, but the amount of guys that are at that high of a level is a lot higher over here. Mm. Just It's a world championship, so it has that draw, you know, all the best guys come here for that. And... I had to learn a lot when I first like came over here to to adapt to, to how these guys ride but it's been a fun journey and I'm glad that I, I took the chance you know to come over here because it wasn't like a it for sure wasn't a certain thing and I'm glad that I've been able to to be here and stay here and have a little bit of success uh, in the meantime. Yeah. And
0: how did you adapt to the, to the different nature of track? Obviously, these are international level tracks, much wider. I mean, there's some pretty gnarly tracks in America. I yeah. mean, I, watch, I like watching Motor America. I mean, yeah. kind of like BSB. For a sure. little bit In terms of some of the tracks there. So what was the adaptation like? Was it a nice surprise or difficult to get your head around the much bigger facilities and much wider tracks?
1: Yeah, it was... It... Definitely quite a bit different. I'm, I'm excited to be in here at Donington because it reminds me of all the tracks back home, you know? True. Sure. So you guys here, you guys do it right. Um, but I would say that uh, I've always used all the track kind of things. So it wasn't that. It was just these guys know these tracks like the back of their hands. And so they're just always dialed in right away. And I did need to learn how to use the more space available. So I was still using all the track, but I wasn't using it all as efficiently as everybody else was. So I just had to, to really like adapt to that but then we would get places like here i remember the first time i showed up here i was uh fastest on the first day um mm-hmm. uh, just because it's just a track that is familiar and and reminds me of the tracks back home.
0: yeah now you had a couple of top 10 finishes in the races here last year where does donaton rank on your track i mean you've kind of answered that question i suppose but where does it rank from a world superbike standpoint on, on your list of sort of favorites or least favorites i'm guessing it's pretty high the hey,
1: it's up it's up there i would say it's probably in the top three or top five of my favorite tracks that I, that I raced in the world championship. So, yeah. and I, I had a podium here a couple of years ago, so that was sweet. Yeah. I was, uh, I was really happy about that. So that definitely makes it go up higher in the list. Sure.
0: And <laughs> um, do you see your long term feature over in the World Superbike paddock?
1: For sure. I, yeah. I want to be here as long as possible. I love the paddock. I, I love the team that I'm with now. I've been having a, a ton of fun this year and I mean, Having fun, I think, is one of the, the biggest parts of, of this. And, and I've really, really enjoyed riding the BMW and also being with the team. And, and if I can keep that going, I want to I keep doing it as long as possible, you know?
0: Yeah. That segues rather neatly, actually, to my next question, which is that the... This is my personal opinion, but the BMW M1000RR kind of feels in superbike form, like a bike with a lot of unlocked potential still. So uh, how have you found that transition coming from the Yamaha And where's the potential in the package in terms of the next couple of seasons, let's say you stay in this team, which hopefully you will, Yeah. what do you need to unlock to get the maximum out of the bike? For sure, great
1: question. I I definitely think this bike has a ton of potential, a ton of potential. All the the parts that that the team uses that that BMW has are just top, top, top of the line. I think sometimes there can be, um, like, maybe not all the pieces communicate. The best together and so there's some things that bike does really well and some things that i could do better but it's almost like it's just not as complete of a of a package as um, i know it can be mm-hmm. and so like one of the things i've been complaining about a little bit is at, at least the, the yamaha with, on the electronic side gave me a bit more feeling of what was happening because they were a bit more raw Whereas the electronics here on the superbike are so refined, which is really good for sure. Especially if you're on a street guy and you're riding on the street, like having something that's really refined and you don't know um, that they're working in the background, that's exactly what you want. But on the, on the race bike, I need more feel a bit, you know? And so I've kind of, I have a bit of bad behavior on the BMW, just opening the gas too early. Um, But just because the bike is communicating that it can, because I'm just not getting that feedback, you know what I mean? It's just like a bit of insulation, but... It's hard to tell these guys like, "Hey, the, the electronics are too refined." Like, dumb them down a little like it bit. Was. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. So it's like it's hard to really. But I, I think we're I think we're in a good direction, and we're we're going in the, in a good way to try to get the best of both worlds. And so I would say that's really where I see a lot of a lot of potential coming from is just is the electronic side of things, and then for sure a bit in the chassis. A uh, bit, bit of mid-corner turning, but yeah.
0: You've kind of tangentially, if that's the right word, answered the question that just came to mind, which is you probably just explained why it is that the BMW in stock form is so good because it's almost dominant in the, in the sort of the superstar championships, or it has been over the last few seasons. And yeah, perhaps yeah, that electronics refinement is part of the reason for that.
1: I especially, yeah, especially if you're comparing them to to other bikes that might not have the same you know system right away. They're not going to catch the slides as cleanly or as um, like yeah. What what they've done is 100 percent what you want on a like a bike for the street or a bike that you take to the track to a track occasionally for a track date yeah. exactly what you want it's just um when you need that last five percent you need to know exactly what's happening at every millisecond and and just having a bit of insulation between your ass and the rear tire and the throttle can can just make it to where you, you just you, you miss a little bit you know yeah sure and Final question because I
0: stupidly only asked for ten minutes. Yeah, no worries. Um, you with the another squad again next year because you're already signed for
1: next year. I think is that correct? You can have to ask BMW about that. Okay, <laughs> that's what it says
0: on the World Superbike website. But what are your thoughts on Taprock coming over to the BMW? I mean, he has such an extreme riding style. Are you excited to see him get onto the bike and to see, see what
1: that means in terms of bike development and sharing of data and so on and so forth? Definitely. I mean, for sure, he's got to be one of the best, if not the most talented riders like I've ever seen, I've ever ridden with. And I, I got to ride with him on Yamaha's also and see all of his data and stuff. And some of the things you see just don't add up. They like, don't make sense. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see him come here, hear his initial comments. But I mean, I hope that over the next six months or so, that the work that we do on the bike, the development that we do, really helps to accommodate him even more one of the ways i learned how to ride in world superbike was through him like watching how he rides how aggressive he is on the front brake i I really tried to emulate that as as close as i could i I can't because i'm not him but yeah that was for sure the direction that i ride and so a lot of the things that we've been trying to refine on the bike have been in that direction and so i hope that when he gets on the bike it's gonna feel not super foreign, um, hopefully from from the work that we've been able to do to get it more in that direction anyway. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: And last question then, what's the single biggest thing you've had to change? Well, I'm assuming that you have, which you might not have done, but have you had to change a particular aspect of the way you ride the bike to adapt to this BMW? Uh,
1: I just, I got to be easy on the throttle, so that's one of the things I've been working on. Um, it's just, even though the bike is like, might encourage me to apply more throttle, don't. That's one of the things that's helped a lot. And also uh, there's there's been a couple of things that haven't been consistent on the geometry, but we keep having to change the geometry of the bike to get it, get it to turn better mid-corner. And it's kind of strange how it doesn't seem like it feels the same track to track. But once we, like at Mizano on day one on Saturday, uh, I just couldn't turn in mid-corner like everybody else. And so I couldn't be there on the exit and I couldn't be there to, to close in and use the bikes top speed to pass in the next braking area fixed that for Sunday and was so so much easier to pass so much easier to be right there on their tire on the exit of the corner so that's really where we need to focus more cool
0: okay and you've got a brand new track surface to look forward to this yeah yeah really well. really looking forward Lots to that great but caused some interesting issues in the BSP round earlier this year yeah so. really all
1: um, right all right well i'm looking forward to those challenges wish you the best of luck for the weekend and thanks for talking to us appreciate it
0: so, I'm still in the uh, Bonovo Action BMW team truck, which is very nice, and I'm delighted to be joined by Loris Baz. And Loris, a bit like Garrett, I'm not sure if you've been on to Motopod in the past, maybe not even. I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure to be honest. I guess you talk to a lot of people, so. Yeah, it's hard but I'm to, not sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll teach track. Anyway, welcome, and it's Thank nice you. to have you on. So. Uh, Let's get straight into it. The second year with this team uh, and on the BMW. So do you feel like you're making positive progress with the bike? Or is there a specific area of the bike development that from your standpoint is still crucial to work on and to crack? Well, it will
2: will look strange if the people read that we are happy with the um, development and you see the current situation in the standing. But um, yeah, it's been um, been a tough year. Um, For sure, we didn't improve enough uh, during the winter to close the gap to the other. And I feel like the gap is even bigger now this year, but uh, personally talking, it's also been um, really challenging beginning of the year. I um, Australia was uh, hard for every BMW, but I was feeling pretty strong in, in, in Indonesia and had a big injury. Yeah. Uh, I did manage to not miss any run and come back right after seven weeks. But uh, yeah, the injury was really big. Um, the foot was, um, all the ligaments of the foot were broken ligaments between the tibia and the fibula was broken ligament in my knee was broken fibula was broken so it was uh, a big damage and i was um i was not able to ride comfortable on the bike and good until misano which is
0: still an incredible recovery time yeah 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 but
2: unfortunately we lost assen and then i had a big crash again in assen i think just because i was tired you know the race barcelona was tough um, Misa was not perfect but was better and I think here will be yeah finally the the first race I'm feeling hundred percent physically since uh, Australia so yeah it's uh, that's thats has been challenging and for sure developing the bike in this condition uh, is not easy but yeah uh, yeah we need to improve f- talking of the bike everywhere, you know, when you check the standing and the gap we have to the other. Apart from the top power, where I think we are the strongest, uh, we, we just need more feeling on the bike, more feeling with, with the electronic, uh, better deceleration of the bike, mainly more handling because the bike's quite heavy and the change of direction. So all, all the small details that make the event, but I think if you talk to everyone, they will always say the same, we need to improve everything, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, for us, the results show what that we need to improve but for sure there is not um there is no guys working harder than what the bmw guys does and this team is amazing for that also you know and everyone tries so hard even if it's frustrating to be in this situation we all try our
0: hardest to to make it work and as you say uh, i mean it's the competition here is ferocious
2: yeah yeah, sure i mean people look at the racing and think um it's much easier to do a superbike than a moto gp but uh I always said that for me, it's harder for a brand to do a super bike than a MotoGP because the um, most, like the bike, needs to be um, like um, homologated for the road, and there is a lot of things you cannot change after that. And yeah. uh, it's it's all it's not only a strategy of making a fast bike for mini brand; it's also a bike that. Need, needs to be homologated. Yeah. So there is, this is the compromise you have to think. And sometimes you, you, you know the problem, but you cannot change because the bike needs to be re-homologated for that. So it's really hard for a brand to do a, a, a bike. It's a lot of uh, departments that have to work together. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, for sure we will get there. If not, that would mean my dad always lied to me because it's a hard work off. We work hard, so we, it will work.
0: Kind of leads neatly into a question, and I know you've spoken, I listened to a short interview you did with Greg Haynes on his show uh, a few months ago. So I was kind of curious to know, you're one of the taller riders in World Superbike. So where do you stand on this whole issue of the combined rider and bike weight limit? I think you, you, on the talk that I'm referring to, you mentioned that in the past possibly being taller and having more kind of leverage with long arms and legs was an advantage, but maybe less so now because of aero? Is that well, I think
2: of? it's um, before was more let's say uh, compensate like small rider always at a better top speed and less tired uh, consumption and tall rider were able to break hard and change the, the, the weight balance on the bike. This is getting less and less because of the um, electronic and aero on the bike because the bikes are getting more perfect and you have less wheelie and less skill. So uh, I really stand on for, for the weight and limit. Uh, honestly, uh, I always said so. But yeah, you don't have to be stupid and penalize the small one. But um, if a rider is 55, 56 kilo, like it's the case, the case for the lightest of the grid, and the second lightest is 66, and we are uh, 80 with Scott. Yeah. That means 90, 93 with the leather, 92. Uh, so it's it's almost 30 kilo. For me, the, the main thing is. How big is the difference between the first lightest and the second? And there is last year was Eugene, second. and was ten kilo ha- heavier. So mm-hmm. for me, that would be the limit. Like that, the the weight to put to add will be to be close to an average. You know, more maybe even closer to the, the to the lightest rider than the heaviest. But yeah, that will definitely make
0: as a kind of compromise measure. Could you see a solution maybe whereby, say, the lighter riders below a certain weight limit, let's say, couldn't use the softer tires over forty no, something no, no. harder? No. Or does that not work?
2: Uh, that- that would be really shit for the, for, for the championship because it's not something that it's 100% sure. Sometimes we have a big surprise with the tyres. Sometimes uh, we really think that you cannot use a soft and you can. Right. Um, Sometimes no, that would be really unfair in some situations. I mean, uh, I think one of the good things that racing has been done in the last 15-20 years has been that to have at least all more or less the same tyres. Uh, That's that's a big improvement because at the end is the only thing that make a lot of That the biggest difference in you can do whatever you want with the setup, but the tire tire will change everything so no No, for me. It's more really a question of weight Um, I've read the comments and things and I I know like perfect solution cannot be found but uh, For sure you must be tried. I mean it's the case in every category now apart from MotoGP and Superbike so
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is a compliment, by the way, but you're kind of what I class as a bit of an old-school rider racer in terms of your opinions, I think. So what's your kind of current point of view with regards to the increasing interference that we see from race control on race results? And do you worry a little bit that it's getting harder and harder to race hard? Or do you think the times come where... They have to step in a bit more to yeah. calm the behavior down. Yeah, it's shit, to be honest.
2: I don't like to watch the race anymore. I mean, every everything that made me love racing when I was a child, uh, it's being killed at the moment. And I think I'm not the only one to have this point of view. It's also a lot for the difference that can be done for more or less the same situation, the different penalties. And there is too many penalties, I mean. I think even in soccer there is not that much uh, fault as we have now, and uh, they're always trying to penalize everything and every stupid thing. So yeah, it's I'm totally against that. Um, I was so happy when they bring the long lap because at the beginning the long lap was just to be done for the jump start or small penalty, but now they put a long lap for whatever reason and penalty for whatever reason and uh, and for safety. And then sometimes. It's not even unsafe, and it's just the difference between the penalties and things that are, no, are not right. But then, yeah, I mean, then you can try to talk with them, but they don't listen a lot. So it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame, but I think it's gonna change uh, because I don't see anyone happy with the situation now. Yeah. Uh, I don't see riders happy, I don't see the fans happy and I'm not sure the promoters and organization are are really happy about the situation later because sometimes if I give you uh, like stewards give you a penalty for something that the championship will communicate on and make promotion with you know? So it's it's just not normal. And I think, yeah, it should just listen a bit more to the riders. I and mean, yeah, mistake can be made, but um, yeah, penalties for any reason is not not really fair.
0: Yeah. You've been riding at the highest level for many, many years. I remember seeing you at Silverstone in British Superbikes yeah. on the Rob Mac. Yeah. Yamaha? Yeah. Can you remember what year that was? was 2010, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, huge experience. Moto America, World well, Superbike, of course, Moto GP, BSB. What's the best bike you've ever ridden?
2: Mm, hard to answer this question. Uh, I mean, riding a Moto GP was something. Was, it's the top. I mean that's why I left Superbike and I went in MotoGP because I always dreamed to ride, ride um, MotoGP and it's the highest level you can do so yeah even if it was definitely not the last version that I had MotoGP was something uh, something really really nice to ride yeah okay and then
0: just quickly because again I'm on a time limit here what are your thoughts ahead of this weekend so you've got a new track surface at Donington yeah Maybe tell us a little bit what your expectations are about that. I was saying to Garrett a moment ago. I came to the British Superbike race here a few weeks ago. It was very very hot that weekend, and yeah. it certainly created quite a lot of anxiety, let's say, with the teams yeah. about the tire life. Yeah. So similar expectations. Well, you
2: you never really know because when the tarmac is new, um, it changes pretty quick until it gets stabilized. So we will see. I mean, it's nice to, to always nice to ride a uh, full new surface surface and. Uh, there was some famous bump here that uh, for sure disappeared, so that will be uh, also strange, you know. I like, um, I also like when the tires are getting, when the tracks are getting a bit old and things. But yeah, it will be nice to ride Donington, especially the first part with a full, like, lot of grip and and good tarmac. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I tell you, it's the first race uh, since the Big of the where I feel uh, really strong physically, and so yeah, I'm I'm happy and I just want to enjoy riding the M1000. Because um, it's been um, it's been frustrating rounds riding injured. So yeah, just trying to do the best job I can with my guys, and yeah. we'll see. Well, Lars, we wish you the best of luck this week, Thank you. I very know. Much, you have Mike. three good races. And, Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah, let's uh, keep an eye and uh, maybe talk again. Yeah, sure. Another time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so hi everybody, it's Rich from Motopod again here. Uh, Delighted to be joined this time by Brad Ray, uh, Yamaha Moto X Racing rider this season on the YZF R1. Uh, Brad, welcome to the show. Again, probably a person that hasn't been on Motopod before, I think. Um, So welcome to the show, nice to have you on. Hopefully the first of many. First of all, we're sat in the lovely hospitality here at Moto X Racing in a moderately sunny but slightly breezy don park, it's true. first question that springs to mind is up into world championship this year uh, how big of a change is it from bsp in terms of like today for example your commitments and so on is it a big change or um, taking it in your stride obviously yeah just taking it in my stride
3: i mean it's very similar i think once you get to a certain level in any championship you, you've always got stuff to do and yeah for me it's been quite quiet obviously coming in to, to world Superbikes, just doing the european rounds um just biding, biding my time, sort of thing. So, I haven't had a massive amounts to do. Obviously, my home round this weekend, we've got yep. a little bit more to do for for the press and for the team. So, uh, but honestly, it's been a nice uh, it's been a nice sort of entry into World Superbikes With uh, with the Moto X team and with Yamaha, I feel like they've uh, they've been very good to me. We're we're taking it in our stride. We're just taking it race by race, uh, weekend by weekend, and uh, making making some good progress. Um, results on paper probably don't look fantastic but for me I'm looking at the, the, the gap between me and uh, the top rider and the progress that we're making throughout every weekend and we're starting to to show good progress and, and get to where we need to be so I'm hoping that this weekend we've come to track that I know very well um, because the previous tracks I haven't been to for, for many many years yep. and a lot of them I've never been to on super so yep. Yes, it's always hard to cram in everything into one race weekend and try and get a result out of it so this weekend the track I um, the no situation I'm going to go out and uh, hopefully be up to speed straight away in Give the first the beans, practice and, so and, so and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, have, have a, strong weekend,
0: a strong weekend So you, you that and mentioned that you're on the European rounds only this year so possibly couldn't ask this question but was that a sort of a, just a contractual or a financing kind of decision or was it more intended to just ease you into the world championship no, for this first year No I
3: think it was it's something to do with Dorna and the, the travel and all things like that for going to the flyaways obviously cost a lot of money okay. for the championship to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this year was only only the Europeans that I think the team the team have definitely got the budget. Yeah, well, I've obviously got the budget for me to do the full season, but um, yeah, only Europeans for me this year, which obviously as a rider you want to be out there in every, every race possible, but... As it's my first year in World Superbikes, I felt like it wasn't a a, a massive issue to not do the full season. It was nice to come in, learn learn the championship and and get up to speed. And then hopefully next year we'll do the the full year.
0: And now we know there's a vast difference in the electronics package between the Yamaha, that you're basically on the same bike last year. But obviously BSB rules are very, very different to World Superbikes. So just how different is the spec on the World Superbike Compared to what you were running last year on your title-winning
3: Yamaha, yeah, quite a lot. The uh, the electronics package is a lot different. Motex quite, um, I wouldn't say basic, but there's only a line that you can go to, and you can't change too much with the with the um, electronics on the bike. Obviously, no traction control, no anti-wheelie, nothing like that. You've got basic sort of engine brake strategies on there. Yep. Whereas this bike is. Uh, there's a lot more advanced you can do corner by corner engine braking um, different throttle maps you've got traction control you've got anti-wheelie so everything like that takes a lot of time to, to set up over at rachel Camden for me after being in bsb for so many years on no electronics um, that was the biggest thing to, to sort of transfer over not so much
1: um,
3: getting used to the traction control because you can sort of ride into that quite well but understanding How much traction I need? How much engine braking I need? The torque maps, the anti-wheelie, making sure it all sort of works together and in line and don't don't hold you back. So that's all the stuff that I've been learning the first few rounds. Um, I missed a few tests at the start of the year to to not get me up to speed as as fast as I should have been. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just all part of the the
0: big learning curve this year. This whole kind of, I mean. That being said, when I've seen you in the BSB pits over the last few seasons, I mean, you guys are always st- sat behind a monitor <laughs> studying data. I wouldn't say even in BSB, because I mean, BSB is yeah, yeah. the best yeah. national Superbike yeah, championship yeah. in the world, yeah. and I won't have it any other way, but do you enjoy the kind of the data aspects of it? Is it something you kind of genuinely do get invested in? And obviously it's in your interest too, from a performance mm-hmm. point of view, but do you think, oh Christ, another hour sat in front of a bloody laptop again? I mean, no, that,
3: no, for me, that's, that's part and part parcel. If you can... If you can go go behind the laptop obviously the team the team will look through the day have a look we've got reference laps from top rep from long from previous riders so we've got all the reference laps. so if you can go and sit there for half hour in the evening have a look through a lap see where you're losing time maybe see where you're gaining time understand how they're breaking understand where they're getting on the throttle all things like that that you can translate over to yourself um and if it finds you find your two or three temps, that could be the difference between have you seen
0: top 50. racks break breaking data yeah i've seen, I've seen
3: <laughs> this day i've seen i see seen, seen tellies yeah it's weird because obviously on data you look at it and you think, oh, we're not really doing much different but the lap times quite a big difference yeah. so um it's just uh just a massive learning learning year for me
0: so for sure. what is this for you now on this bike is this round three or four round maybe? four for me now four, yeah. okay so yeah. Um, is there one, now that you're getting to know the bike and obviously the team and, and stuff, is there one particular aspect of the 2023 World Superbike Yamaha that you're focusing on in particular in terms of the bike development or adaptation to you or is it a riding style thing? I mean where, where's the, what's the priority list looking like?
3: Um, for me it's still um, still just understanding the, the front of the bike a little bit more because okay. the chassis and the geometry is a lot different to what, what we run in BSB so understanding that, trying to get some feeling with the, the bike still. Uh, we made a big step in Mizana, felt quite comfortable, felt like we could, uh, we could push the front a lot more. And we're just, uh, we're just making uh, making steps with the bike, so I'm changing the way I'm riding to, to sort of suit the bike as it is, but they're also changing the bike to sort of, we're, we're basically trying to meet in the middle and yeah. keep the way I ride, the riding style with the fast and flowing, but also um, understand that I need to tap the brakes a bit more and, front a bit more so it's just trying to trying to get that relationship with the bike together and, and get it to click. Yeah
0: like you say everything's a compromise at the yeah, end of the day. It, and then, yeah, yeah yeah. So as you said home around are you feeling a lot of pressure in it or are you just looking forward to it? No are you gonna have nice weather which yeah,
3: is obviously no a bit no pressure of for me. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it. I thought like we can do a good job. I need to do a lot of work tomorrow in the free practices to understand a lot especially with the new surface um, but it's just gonna be nice to go out and, and go sh- straight out and be up to pace straight well, up, and right. not worry about learning learning the lines, learning the tracks, yeah. trying to follow people, trying to do this, so that's going to be quite important, just go straight out and uh, get up to speed, um, no pressure from me, I'm not fighting for a championship, so I just want to come here enjoy, enjoy the
0: weekend, hopefully yeah. we can make a step into the top 10 this weekend, would be nice. And of course you did win on the full GP circuit in October I think in BSB last yeah. year, didn't you? Yeah, so yeah. Have yeah. you got... I don't know if that's reasonably helpful or, wow. or whether it's completely irrelevant now given you know the change of machinery and stuff but yeah. what, what's the realistic expectation have you set yourself a goal for the weekend or just go out and enjoy it and learn as much as you yeah, can yeah just
3: them? enjoy it just enjoy it I just want to see progress I just want to see that we're making good steps forward and we're closing that gap to the front um, I'd like to uh, jump I'd like to um, like to be up to the top 10 uh, be in that mix because
1: in Mazana I
3: weren't too far away from the top 10 and um, Pace I had wasn't was a million miles away from being in that top ten group, so I feel yeah. like here we can get good qualifying. That's going to be very important. Get a good jump, and if I can stay in that, that I'll be.
0: Yeah. I must admit, as a typical armchair warrior, but um, you know, given your devastating corner speed and technique, and your knowledge of this place, I was thinking, you know, the top ten probably is not beyond you know the bounds of realistic possibilities. No, this no, not at all. I think
3: from from about sixth down to. 12th, 13th, where I'm at, the pace isn't a big big change to be honest. Yeah. Uh, qualifying is what makes it difficult to, to make the end roads in the race, but I feel if I can get a good qualify, maybe the first three or four rows here, um, get
0: a good jump, I can definitely be in that top 10 mix for sure. And presumably, that will help with the to next year. I mean, do you know what the plans are for next year yet, yeah? or just Not taking as it, it comes at the minute? Yeah,
3: just, just, I'm, um, I'm just going through the, through the process. I've still got a lot to learn, so um, I'm hoping that I we'll get another chance to, to do a little bit more in my Superbikes yeah, next year. Yeah, so so okay. yeah, there's a lot going on for Yamaha at the minute with the move to Top Race, so
0: we're just, uh, we just keep doing our own thing. What well, look, Brad, we wish you the best of luck for the three races. And I'm sure much. you're going to have a good weekend. And hopefully, it doesn't stay quite as windy as oh, this. Oh, no, yeah. Um, oh, I haven't seen the forecast that have got planes going over as well, which is a bit noisy. <laughs> a <little> bit. <laughs> <laughs> usual Donington yeah, uh, exactly. back, uh, background sound, but uh, yeah, very best of luck for the weekend. Thank you very much. And um, well, we we'll hope to catch up with you at some point uh, yeah. later in the year, maybe at a BSB round. I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess you get along to a few BSB yeah, rounds. Be uh, into or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, cheers, mate, and uh, all the best. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hi everyone, it's Richard MotorPod again here And, well, really delighted to say Managed to grab a quick chat with uh, the legend that is Danilo Petrucci Barney Spark Racing Team on the uh, Panigali V4R this year So, Danilo, I was trying to remember You have a very long, famous career But did you race at Donington Park before?
4: Yeah, my first time was uh, here, uh, in uh, 2008 I, okay. In a Superstock 600. Last time the, the year after in 2009. But uh, I think I was just uh, uh, some some months uh, older than uh, 18 years old. So... <laughs> so is what?
0: it is it relevant? Or you approach this weekend completely no.
4: Yeah, let's say I know the shape of the track, but uh, since I don't remember so much, mm. and I don't think it will be useful a lot because uh, between a stock 600 and um, <laughs> yeah. a superbike is uh, quite uh, quite different. But uh, anyway, we will try to do our best.
0: Is there a particular section of the track that you remember?
4: Yeah, the first part is uh, really really nice, but. Uh, I think all the day I remember this was one of my favorite track uh, I was so sad when they 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 decide to not come in here anymore and uh, uh, anyway uh, I'm happy to be back and especially can't wait to to go with the super bike in the first uh, corner uh, down uh, Praner, be, Praner curves, yeah. the curves famous part yeah yeah
0: it must be really exciting so Danilo, you had a, a long, very, very successful career. You spent 10 full seasons in MotoGP and surprised a lot of people by doing the, the Dakar, as yeah. we were just talking, and then spending the season in Moto America. Yeah. So where does all this motivation and desire to keep racing hard come from? <laughs>
4: uh, you know, um, after I I, I decided to, to quit MotoGP because I was not any more uh, competitive as I wanted, especially my my size uh in MotoGP gp uh was a problem it's, mm-hmm. it's still a problem and uh i decided to 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 do a big switch and uh, go to to race the dakar but because i was really really tired of everything mm-hmm. and uh, so i decided uh, i want to do i have this chance i want to do something really different and uh we came with uh, with this idea then at dakar i found again the the um, uh, the will to 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 race to go racing and also last year in usa the let's say less pressure more uh, more fun and like this i decide okay uh, if i want to to go racing i want to try one last time in a world championship and uh, thanks to barney barney they give me give me this opportunity
0: coming home to yeah, to the
4: team exactly. yeah exactly i said uh, uh I, I can't quit my, my career without uh trying uh at least one year in superbike in World Superbike and um and uh, here here I am. For sure uh, it's tough <laughs> because uh you know it's not uh just the race weekend it's what's uh, what's behind uh training every day and when you are young and uh fully fit uh nothing scares you because uh, you you can eat whatever you want. You can sleep or not. You can uh, you go training and feel uh, anything. But then uh, after uh, twenty seven, twenty eight year uh, of uh, age, things start to change, and uh, you know there are always some small problems, some, some small things. But then I I I recognize when at my home I all I even like to watch races at home. But after one week, two weeks, I am tired and I say uh, uh, Sunday can can be like this on the sofa. And uh, <laughs> I want to go racing and uh, for this reason
0: uh, I'm here. Cool. So you're 10th in the championship so far Yeah. Uh, going into this round. What's your overall impression of the progress so far in 2023 on, on the Barney? It has been uh,
4: quite, uh, quite tough because I expect it to be faster but not uh, faster to adapt myself easier to this uh, bike because um, i thought racing with this with the same bike uh, last year in USA was uh, helping me a bit but in fact uh, it's like having two different bikes because uh, in USA we they race with Dunlop here with Pirelli both great uh, tires but uh, very different yeah. and uh, especially it's, uh, at the beginning of the season I was focusing myself on certain areas uh, for example the corner exit the traction but in fact uh, we made a lot of changes but uh, on the lap time nothing came and I saw I needed to to change a lot of things and um, a lot of up and downs. I'm not happy uh, about the, the results we are getting, but uh, I think we are uh, in a, on a good path. We can we can grow up still this season, and I think we have the potential for fight to for the top five.
0: I checked the results, and you were seventh in the final race in Misano. Yeah. So, what are your expectations coming into this weekend? I mean, we have a new track surface here, which yeah. I know is possibly not relevant for you because you haven't yeah. raced here for many, many yeah, years. Yeah, but, but...
4: No, um, uh, at the end, uh, I heard a lot of comments about the, uh, the this track was really, really tough for Ducati in the past, but now has been resurfaced. So, I think it's a small help for our bike, and I can maybe the things are uh, getting easier. But uh, yeah, let's see. It's quite new. I want to make some progress in me. I know we started in full position. I was doing good till uh, the, the bad crash on in, in Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, I crashed also on Saturday afternoon when I was fourth uh, with Toprak fighting for the podium. But... Uh, <sighs> i i was happy about this uh progress but uh i i want to see if we can stay there uh, more yeah. or less all the races is it
0: fascinating to sit next to you competitive <laughs> people you know only winning is uh acceptable <laughs> 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 so finally because i know i can't take up too much time here but um there's one of the well most experienced but one of the tallest Riders in the series. I was talking with Loris earlier on, so I was just asking him about this whole debate and argument that we have here about the combined bike and rider weight. So, do you have a particular strong opinion about this? Well, yeah, I think it must be fair to have, uh, let's say,
4: more uh, similar weight. For sure, uh, it's not, uh, uh, let's say, our fault. I mean, uh, Loris and me, but also on the Bautista side, it's not his fault that is is short of and course. light. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, I have uh, like eight uh, percent of fat. I can go no n- more. Even no, n- no more. I mean, I tried in my in my past during MotoGP because well, it has been always a problem, and it's still a problem because you know the ninety-nine percent of the riders are really short and light. And for me also, this progress to adapt myself—it's always, it's even on the um, on the team side—is difficult to adapt the bike to myself. Yeah. So for me, uh, must be fair to let's say put uh, at least um, more riders on the same uh, same level. I must say that, for example regarding a uh, heaviest rider like me or heavier rider like me loris or scott our bike can go down as weight i mean for us things remain like like they are now yeah it's just maybe the bike of alvaro that will be uh will be heavier but from our side doesn't change uh, anything
0: loris mm. uh, uh gave a an interesting perspective which i hadn't thought before which was It used to be said that the taller riders maybe had a small advantage by having longer legs and arms to maneuver the bike, uh, whereas obviously the smaller guys had a weight Mm. advantage in terms of acceleration and so on. But he's saying that now with the electronics being so good and with the aerodynamics making the bikes so good, you don't necessarily need to move around as a rider so much. Yeah,
4: exactly. For example, I I, I can... I'm, I'm in the same opinion because if I jump on, uh, for example, or a Panigale before a stock bike, uh, a standard bike, mm-hmm. I, I can get in, into it. I mean, uh, it's more for, uh, I mean, we are over. We are uh, 1 meter 80, uh, lorries maybe also 90 is almost 2 meters long, but the bikes now are are, are smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And uh, for, for me, one of the problem is get into the bike. I, I need to have a special handlebar, special footbags, a special seat. I mean, it's quite different. And uh, sincerely, I don't see any particular disadvantage for uh, short and uh, light riders at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe just uh, that uh, on the rain. On the rain for sure, maybe be a little bit uh, heavier, it helps. Sometimes, yeah, but mm, it's not a. Uh, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not a
0: rule. Uh,
4: it doesn't
5: rain very often. <laughs> no, exactly.
4: This year never. <laughs> Just the first race in Australia. Never tried uh, the bike, the Pirelli wet tires, and we go directly into the race. Then uh, after that, uh, never put a, a, a rain tire on the bike. And at
0: Phillip Island, of all places, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's not really the best place to understand how the. the how the tire works, especially in the in the race, uh, in the first race of the season. But anyway, uh, it's uh, uh, we can control this. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if this rule uh, is going to um, to come plus uh, next year. I don't know. Uh, for sure, uh, yeah, it must be fair to put. Let's say more uh, equity, more stability to to everyone. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, I, I weigh uh, more than uh, 30 kilos, more than Alvaro. Yes, uh, yeah. I'm a third more than Alvaro mm. and it's quite a lot. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. If you carry that, that thing that is, uh, I don't know, 10 kilos more, it's already heavy. Yeah. Put three is, uh, is quite a lot. And top. it's high on the bike as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, we, we, we can't use for sure the same setup. It's completely different and it's, uh, yeah, it has been tough. Mm-hmm, till, till now
0: well, I think I've probably okay. used my 10 or fifteen minutes so uh, Danilo we wish you the best of luck for this weekend uh, hopefully you. things will go well and you'll enjoy being back at Darlington uh, yeah, park yeah, and uh, can't yeah wait to go, to go thank in. you for talking to us on motopod and uh, yeah we'll hopefully talk to you again
4: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: thank you very much Ciao. thank you uh, well I'm very pleased to say I've just managed to doorstep Sean, you a uh, boss of SMR Rating, running the Rocket BMW Squad and World Superbike. so Sean, what do you make of 2023 so far? Not been the easiest years with injuries and things going on, but uh, how do you sum it up so far? Oh,
6: that's a question I've been asked a few times over the last few weeks.
0: Yeah,
6: um, yeah it's been a challenge, um, We have to um, we have to be honest with ourselves and you know, we, we we have a fantastic lineup of riders. That's um, not just ourselves; it's the uh, Bonovo team as well. Yep. Um, coming out of uh, Phillip Island was was uh, quite underwhelming, if I'm honest with you. Um, a lot of work we did over winter didn't come to fruition in terms of on-track performance, which was quite surprising to us because we thought it would react differently to that. Yep. Um once we're in Australia, we're already at Indonesia because it's back to back. So we didn't react, couldn't react to that. Yeah. Um, we come away with mediocre top ten finishes for Scott. Mikey had a big accident, which probably people didn't realise he actually fractured a bone in his wrist at that time. So that hurt him coming back into the first round in Europe. It doesn't so. seem
0: to have small likes, these, does no, he? it? No, it, it was a big that one.
6: Um, you know he went into Assen, and Assen and he got injured and we had to replace him with Tom uh, Scott's the sole operator, the sole rider uh, you know the story evolves from there it's, it's been a real real struggle and we have to stand up and look at ourselves and see what we can do better and, and, and we're, we're doing that and we've done that and you know we, we've got to summarise the season so far it has been uh, quite difficult for us mm. um, but we don't shape the difficulties we, we look forward and this time last year we turned our season around at Donington and we went forward and went from strength to strength The straight so, round yeah I mean yeah, it was yeah. a big
0: step change last year wasn't it was it, yeah really? it was
6: so i mean that that is the that is our that is our outlook
0: and can you give the listeners some insight into perhaps what would your opinion on why it is the stock bike is so good and so dominant whereas the superbike is just a bit of a struggle it's kind of like the bike with all the unlocked potential it feels at the minute yeah, the stock bike is, is a fantastic bike. Um,
6: there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think what we would say is that if you were to compare bike for bike, you're comparing what's happening in AMA, which is some fantastic results by the BMW Titles yep, team. cam one at the weekend. Yeah, yep. and what uh, Josh and Leon are doing in uh, British Superbikes. Um, of course, they're the same chassis. They are the same. Uh, DNA is the same. But we are at a different level, you know, and, and I think I, yeah, I've got to be quick to point that out. You know, what what happens in this paddock, paddock and the pace that we're operating in this paddock here is completely different to domestic championship racing. So, yeah. with that in mind, I uh, you, you're quite right, yeah, that there, there are, it is the BMW M1000RR, but the championship rules and regulations are operated differently. Um, so, it, it, I can't kind of make parallels
0: to it. Yeah. Now I'm going to try and ask this question as carefully as I can, because I appreciate you know there's only so much you can say in a certain way but one of the things that we've spoken about often on the discussion on the on the podcast me and my co-host Jim is if you take a team like Ducati for example where you might say yeah. motorcycles are more kind of core to the DNA mm-hmm. whereas BMW you kind of think of it as more of a, a car company but I mean looking around you can see that there's no shortage of effort going into this and as you say they've got a fantastic line of riders a big signing for next year so is there something that the company itself at the sort of corporate level understands as a missing ingredient or is it no not at all I can
6: answer that clearly there is a you got to ask yourself this project started in 2019 um i can ask you the same question when did ducati kawasaki and yamaha start their world superbike projects true yeah um and when you say that you'll ask, you'll answer that with well ducati've been here for 25 years kawasaki have been here for 13 years yeah. and yamaha have been here for about 9 years so you could say we're playing a little bit of catch-up um, what you do see and I, I, I'm glad you pointed it out is that there is a huge amount of effort going on in, in the paddock yeah from what BMW Motorrad are doing very quickly from 19 to 21 they developed a satellite team so overnight almost we now are four world superbike riders and I think I think without trying to dive away from, from, from your question you know we we are and there's a lot of energy going on behind the scenes and I think the the 4 to two-wheel, isn't it just uh, you know doesn't isn't justice just to kind of what's going on within the group? I mean, Motorrad in its own right is probably the biggest two-wheel manufacturer out there in terms of performance. Right. Um, and for us, moving forwards, you know, I can only I can only confirm, and I think you'd probably see it in the press that uh, when the CEO and the president of Motorrad stands up and makes a long-term commitment to two-wheel motorsport. I uh, I find that uh, I find that really uh, a solid solid backing. Yeah. Um, we just need to turn that that support and that energy into um, on track performance. Yeah. Um, I won't I don't really want to go into talking about riders and signings at the moment, but I think the only comment I will make is that uh, the quality of the riders that we have and our ambition to sign the riders we're signing mm-hmm. is testament to the energy
0: But we're putting behind the project yeah yeah. I mean the question is is made purely on the basis that nobody um, more than me and we all want BMW to really do well in this championship I mean the championship (laughs) wants it and needs it as well I mean you know we can see that there's one team out there dominating at the moment we need to sort of shake that order up a little bit so
6: I mean I I got asked a similar question off Dave there you know you've got to look back and you know when when Jonathan was winning six on the spin you know Yamaha couldn't buy a win and then one rider comes along and and he takes the glory and then you have uh, Ducati you know with Chaz for year on year on year Mister number two and, and all of a sudden now it's, it's uh, you know it's been a change of guard yeah. you know we want to change
0: the next guard if we can and that's yeah. that's the ambition isn't it and I mean you see this all through the annals of history of motorsport yeah. don't you? you get one dominant team rider, right, do. driver whatever you do. but it doesn't last forever yeah. and your yeah. point is a great one you know, I guess we should reinforce that you guys are starting from a we're big brand disadvantage new. in uh, terms of
6: you know, this project really
0: I mean uh, we started
6: in 19 and we all said at the point, 19 was a year too early. It should really have been 20 because we started with standard engines, standard chassis, standard out. Yeah. We were on the back foot in 19. So if you look at it, 20, 21, 22, and we talk about a COVID outbreak and we talk about all sorts of things. Yeah. Okay, I'm not here to tell a sub story, but what I, I am here to do is trying to align the facts and say, you know let's compare apples for apples
0: and let's not forget i mean scott did get a podium i think in race one last year he got a
6: podium here he got a podium in Most. mikey had, uh, mikey had portamao win um yep. know, yeah 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 it's yep. it's you know it's it's there of course it's it's not enough but you know honda haven't had the same you know uh, kawasaki have having their dry barren run now from where they normally
0: are so yeah Now's the time for us to make that step. And of course, it's always the case that you improve your bike, but everybody else does the same cross, thing as well. So, cross. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, I mean it, this championship is like ferociously competitive, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. And that's why you're here. That's yeah. why BMW are here. Correct. Well I think, given that that was a little impromptu one, <laughs> I think that was probably enough for now, but uh, Sean, no, it was great to talk to you, and no, problem. Uh, no really valuable insight I think for the, because we did talk about this a lot on the show, Yeah, you know, because we're really trying to follow World Superbike a bit more now as well, because all the MotoGP stuff as well, and um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing BMW back on the box.
6: Brilliant, anytime. No Cheers. Problem.
0: Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, so um, yeah, delighted to be joined on MotoPod by Domi Agata. Domi, welcome onto the show. I- I think probably you haven't been on
5: Motopod for an interview before, but I'm not certain about that. Can you recall? or um, uh, Hello, everyone, for sure. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I was already there. Uh, there is always a few interviews when we have the race weekend. so yeah. hard um, to remember everybody that you talk to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, happy to be inside. Tommy,
0: I think it's fair to say you've been the revelation of the 2023 season so far, which is, you know, that's a real compliment I'm paying to you. I mean, it shouldn't perhaps come as such a big surprise. You're a double world Super Sport champion, Moto E champion. So how do you kind of sum up the championship at this stage versus your expectations at the beginning of the year?
5: Uh, yeah, it was a very hard decision, sh- sure, to, to make the move also to Superbike because you never know... Um, if it's a uh, uh, good good direction for you, for sure, it's always the goal to be um, uh, to moving up to the highest category. But I was also unsure to, to go to a new team. Um, uh, let's say the bike have um, a lot of power, a lot of electronics. So in the winter, I was really nervous to to see where I am because yeah, you never know. <laughs> I, I just I just could uh, trust by, by myself that I was uh, winning many races in the last uh, few years and um, that I already complete with uh, many of the superbike riders also in the past yeah. and I was yeah faster than them sometimes. So um, yeah, when we make the first try test I, I could already show some good potential and um, yeah, I think we we uh, impressed with the first qualifying of the year in in uh, in Phillip Island with a front row yep. start. So uh, we had a couple of good races and yeah, a couple of bad luck with two-time uh, crash it out in the sprint race and some small technical technical problems, but. Um, Yeah, overall we are in a good good position yet now. And is it exceeding
0: what you expected or... I mean obviously you will back yourself in terms of your talent.
5: Um. Yeah, let's say, okay, my goal was to be around top ten in the first part, but then try to to be better also. So now it's coming the the second part, so I I would like to be a little bit better around top six uh, more consistently. And... uh, Yeah, also try to be the best rookie, uh, to be the best independent rider and also I want to try to be the best Yamaha rider. (laughs) Yeah, of course.
0: So you've spent a large chunk of your career on middleweight machinery, so ten seasons in Moto2 and then two title winning seasons in World Supersport, how has it been adapting to the bigger bike with the electronics and the extra weight
5: and so on, is it a big challenge? or? Not, not such a big deal. Um, was a big challenge because let's say the 600 is like um, ah, difficult to say, but like a bicycle. Yeah, like a bike, it? <laughs> it's uh, really like um, okay, you you need a lot of force to, to ride it, and uh, you need to have the concentration and the condition to to, to you need to be fit, but the Superbike have so much power um, you, you cannot believe this is in every gear the, the bike is pulling and you need to break down the power with the electronics so uh, in the first three years you never have the full power because you could not put it on the ground yeah. Uh, yeah. it will start to spin or it start to wheelie, so uh, you need to manage with your technician to, to modify and. Uh, Yeah, I I needed also to change a little bit my way for training. Also, the the weekend is much more hard because you have uh, one practice more. You have one sprint race more. Yeah. So, on Monday or Sunday night, I'm already dead. So, um, yeah. Have you had to increase kind of your
0: upper torso mass in terms of muscle? Is that the change to the training?
5: Um, I changed just uh, the way of training. Uh, by um, by not changing too much uh, gaining weight because also I'm always higher in the weight with uh, 69 kilo I, oh, okay. <laughs> it's already quite high compared to um, somebody rider is cool. like about <laughs> this originaldi they are only yeah. like uh, 55 <laughs> so um, yeah but it helps the first two races was really difficult because also my preparation time from I winning the championship at oh, sorry the 25 uh, November 2022 yep. and the first race was at 25 uh, February yeah. so yeah no it was all, at all, yeah, was, was yeah. very very short so I was good after the two races to have again like one month break to, to really prepare me physically and uh, yeah it's nice and yeah you, you could, could also see i, made, I ah. did the arm palm surgery because i had it in the past sometimes but not that often but now this year i i struggle uh, nearly every race with it right and just as a kind of
0: related question i haven't been on the moto e-bike for the last couple of years which is obviously a big heavy bike has that been in any way been useful from a preparation point of view towards
5: a superbike or it's so different that it's not really relevant? Mm. Uh, of course, every every race you do, you you take always some experience. For sure it helps, but uh, the bike is completely different. Yeah, okay.
0: Now, you won both of the races, I think, in World Supersport here last season. Yep. Um, is Donington a particular favorite track of yours and any particular section
5: of the track that you really like? Uh, I just uh, run two laps and uh, they did the fantastic job with the new uh, n- uh, surface. Yeah, It looks very nice. I, I, I hear that it's also really grippy. Um, the weather looks also fantastic. <laughs> Which is unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unusual. So okay. I'm uh, more than happy and motivated to start. Um, I did my first season in 1-5 to in 2007 um, here in Donnington and then we went to Silverstone mm-hmm. so yes, of course, yeah. last year was my first time back here in Donnington uh, winning 2 fastest lap pole position so it was a perfect weekend yeah. <laughs> um, I like the track, it's a little bit old school with um, uh, up and downs, heartbreaking, some chicane um, not as much as a uh, green part you know like uh, the how you say the the, the illegal area? You're yes. Not, yeah. Here is just track
0: or grass. What's your opinion on the whole thing? Sorry, this is all my questions, but I want to ask you this now. You mentioned that. What is your opinion about you know, being one millimeter over a line and then getting a penalty for that? Do you think it's too much? Too much penalty? Too many rules? You want to just race and you know if you go off the track a little bit, you know maybe it's not such a big advantage anyway. Yeah, it's. I know you have to be a little careful how you answer these things, but uh, I mean, it's a couple of riders. uh, I was talking to
5: Loris earlier, for example, he made his opinion quite clear about this. For for me, I I like much more the tracks like here or um, also Australia, Phillip Island. Yeah. There is tracks that it's um, racetrack, tarmac, then it's coming the white line, the curbs, the grass. So, all riders know when you go. over the curbs you need to close thro- the throttle if you go to the grass with full throttle you will high side yeah. so this is the it's a penalty already. It, it's limits. already the penalty for sure it's more dangerous when you touch the grass you will slide away but it's also something that when you arrive to a point um, there you need to pick up the bike or you need to close the throttle uh, but now in this moment every track have Fifty meters of runoff area and all the all the green parts. Yeah. So you see many times already in Moto3, they use all the. They don't even close the problem. So do you think it's almost doing something worse, which is kind of
0: encouraging risk taking in some cases? Do you think it no, kind of has the
5: opposite effect of what it's there to do? No, for sure, it's it's more safe. That's clear. That's clear. But it takes a lot of um, effort to to watch, to control, and also to these guys who watch at home. And then some people get a long lap penalty or a, a track limit warning. They they start to not understand the rules and yeah. the, the, the stranger rules. Also, is with this um, penalty what you get now when you want to overtake a rider. It's yeah, it's crazy. kind of the whole point of racing. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's completely getting out of mind. Um,
0: as we mentioned earlier on, you spent a lot of time in the MotoGP paddock. Yeah. So you've been here for what three, four years? Third year now. Third year. What's your general impression between the World Superbike paddock compared with the MotoGP paddock? Because it, uh, because you often hear people say it's a friendlier less
5: pressurized you know place to be here is that kind of your experience uh yeah it it is like this a little bit it's more uh, a little bit friendlier and um yeah we are uh, let's say it's also very professional um I, I think it's just the the people is a little bit more friendly you know you can speak with a uh, with a Honda me- mechanic or you can go to, to, to another team and you know in MotoGP in, in sometimes when they uh, see you with another team they already get shallows or uh, nearly tell you hey don't don't speak with them you know so and also few people you see them for 10 years and they not even say hello and you see them more than your family so yeah. sometimes was not so easy to understand but. I'm really happy where I am now, and sure I miss also the MotoGP paddock. Although you
0: had a couple of rides or one
5: ride with the Suzuki, was it last year? That... Uh, just a uh, test, test, testing. Uh, testing. How was that experience? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was like four, or five years ago when I spoke to some journalists and I say ah, I want to to ride one time MotoGP. It's in my goal and my dream. They they smile at me or laugh up about me. And then last year was uh, was coming the um, uh, opportunity from a factory uh, bike that I can uh, ride yeah. this uh, this bike and yeah I was for these few laps I did I was not so bad. And with Toprac
0: moving across to BMW next year, and you having such a good year, first year in World Superbike. Any talks going on about what, what you might do next year so far? Or?
5: Uh, yeah, sure. My my brother and manager uh, speak with with uh, different option, different teams, and um, sure, I'm happy where I'm I'm now. And um, yeah, I think uh, I want to stay again with Yamaha, and uh, I don't know if it's possible to go to the factory team or not, but. Um, my, my crew is, is well and i feel uh, confident so it's not always better maybe to go to the factory team you yeah. know so yeah. but as, as a rider you want always to go to the factory team but we will see uh, i just concentrate to the weekend now and then two weeks break and then maybe we know already more a little bit again yeah and in terms of this weekend then as you say there's a new track surface here
0: which is i guess not a big problem for you because you didn't ride the super bike here before but do you have any kind of goals or realistic expectations for this weekend given that you won both races in
5: Supersport last year yeah I want to ride a one twenty-five lap time I think (laughs) uh, then I'm I think I'm not so bad (laughs) depends how fast the track is but I think the lap record is one twenty-six zero. so no I don't know the the lap times but sure if i can uh, be again in the top 2 rows for the qualifying um, for the starting it would be a, a good starting point and then 23 laps i'm ready for it and uh, yeah can't wait to ride full gas <laughs> yeah full gas last question mm-hmm.
0: cheeky question just a little lighthearted one what's it like being a multiple world champion native to a country where motorsport is illegal <laughs> uh, now not anymore. Ah, is it changing? Yeah, what last year. Else? Ah, okay.
5: last year they removed uh, road racing. Um, you can race again in Switzerland with uh, road okay. racing.
0: Because uh, this was since 1955 or 6, yes, I think so okay. after the yeah. Le Mans yes disaster. Uh, so are you kind of recognised and appreciated in Switzerland then for your achievements? Or because obviously motorsport? Okay, it's changing then, which is nice to hear. But
5: obviously yeah, it's probably not are, top of the. <laughs> we have a lot of. Uh, motorsport fans uh, a lot of motorbike uh, riders on the street no racetracks um, and yeah I need to give attention also what they say okay we we get some how you say like not like like, um, like events that you are um, they are they uh, special one-off things do you mean yeah something organizing? like this yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I can say, like the Swiss television, they didn't show any one second of my Super Sport World Champion. Really? So this is uh, very um, frustrating yeah. because every normal people want to watch the race in the in the Swiss television because they don't really buy the login for the World Superbike on the internet, you know. Yeah. So this was very, yeah, strange and frustrating that they not not even show some highlights mm. about this
0: mm. okay well don't want to end it on a on an unhappy note uh, we're very appreciated <laughs> here Tommy that's for sure and um, well we wish you the very best of luck for the weekend uh, hopefully you have big three strong races and uh, yeah let's see how you uh, feel on finish on Sunday night yeah thank good. you for coming on to MotoPod yeah No Cheers. problem. thank, thank you, you very much so I've just stood with uh, Taz McKenzie, uh, British Superbike Champion and now running in 600, yep. World Supersport. It's been a challenging year, but how are things going from your perspective? Because uh, I know you've been waiting for some sort of parts to sort mm-hmm. of help out on the engine power side of things yep. predominantly. Any sort of sign of progress there?
7: Um, yeah, it's obviously been a, a tough start to see the year, a lot tougher than I think, not just myself, but all of the team expected it's It's difficult because we're the only two bikes on the on the track so um electronics wise and even engine side it's it's not so easy but everyone's trying the hardest to, away from the track to make it better from the outside maybe it, it looks like we've we've just got to a point where it's not improving but they're just trying really hard to find different directions to to kind of find that extra little bit out of the bike really so I don't think we're so far away now this weekend I think might be a little bit of a struggle still but hopefully going forward it'll be making some steps and
0: have you been looking forward to this weekend obviously home round, and yeah track,
7: you know about <laughs> just about as well as anybody yeah exactly so I think that side of it will be positive and really enjoyable for myself um I love riding here anyway no matter what bike it is obviously I'd like to come a little bit more competitive and uh, give something to, for the British fans to cheer about but with the way the situation is at the moment, it's just the way it is, and we just have to uh, keep on grinding, keep working through, and keep smiling, and hopefully it will come,
0: come to the point. Yeah, I mean, it's HRC at the end
7: of the day, so, I mean, you know,
0: yeah. it's not going to be for want of resources or trying, is it? No, no. How was it kind of, how well, how did you approach this? Is it kind of a, a multi-year kind of project in your mind? Because obviously you've stepped off a, uh, yeah. You know, a recent title winning bike in BSB
7: yeah.
0: uh, to come here and sort of yeah. try on the world stage and fair play to you and yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> you know, it would be easy to stay in BSB, wouldn't it? But yeah,
7: 100%. And the, the whole idea is to go back to Superbike more than anything it's not. Riding the 600 was more just to try and get a foot in the door and be in this paddock. Yeah. Um, and the goal is to try and be back in Superbike next year. I've tested a little bit on a Superbike already this year so hopefully uh can just kind of build some experience of riding a cbr and then um there's nothing sorted at all but the plan is to try and move forward and be in the superbike uh, championship next year yeah
0: well i mustn't delay because no, i probably went to the garage and yeah uh, <laughs> i've doorstepped you yeah. so best of luck for the weekend no. and uh, all the best thanks very mate. well i'm super john McPhee now i'm having a little bit of a bounty at the end of the day uh, john <laughs> it's nice to meet you so, how are you finding Supersport 600 after many, many years successfully in Moto3?
8: Yeah, I'm really enjoying the change. It's uh, kind of been the breath of fresh air that I needed to the stage of my career I'm at, and just enjoying a bigger bike. Obviously, complete change of scenery with the paddock and uh, the whole atmosphere here, uh, but it's all been really positive. Yeah. The team, is their first year, so they're kind of finding their feet as well as me finding my feet in a bigger bike, but... I think we've had some weekends that I can be really happy with and then uh, definitely has been some trying weekends where I'm just still trying to learn and make the adaptation onto a bigger bike, but slowly but surely we're getting there. In
0: retrospect, was Phillip Island a bit too much too soon, do you think? <laughs> I don't think like, you
8: can ever have too much too soon in terms of results. It was nice to... Yeah, nice to absolutely nice to finish on the podium and for a brand new team that literally had started fully started about two weeks before we arrived in Phillip Island, um, it was a big achievement to to be there. So yeah, and it shows that obviously we can do it when everything's correct. Obviously, we got lucky with the weather, but I still had to ride the thing. Yeah, Um, it's just when you're in dry conditions and you're at tracks that people have been to before, we're kind of finding our feet and finding our way, whereas they've all got a setting that they've been using for years. So super sport, not that much you can really change in terms of bike and package Mm. it's just finding that kind of base that works for you and then going from there we've had a lot of teething issues along the way which uh, yeah they can only happen once once they're ironed out i think we'll be a lot closer yeah
0: and from a physical preparation standpoint obviously it's quite a different bike to what you've been riding for years and years and years i mean what have you had to adapt in terms of your training regime and stuff yeah. to try and accommodate the sort of, the, I guess, more power for one thing, and yeah. obviously more weight for sure. The
8: main, the main thing's been uh, the minimum weight rule in super sport, with it being so high. Um, I've, I've been the same weight now for the last 10 years in Motor 3. I've had to always That's stay as light yeah. as possible. Yeah. I've put five kilos on now from Motor 3 to, to now, uh, but still we're under the minimum weight. So I'm having to do a bit more heavy gym work I eat a lot more to try and keep the weight on. But um, yeah, there's only so much weight I can have naturally so I'm having to eat way more than I usually yeah, do. And um, uh, yeah.
0: just last just question, go, because I know you must get on, but oh, uh, have yeah. you raced Donington Park before?
8: Once, once. Right. Right. Well, the last time I raced here was 2009. Okay, so, uh, wow. So I actually came on a track day about three weeks ago, because I thought it's my home race, I need to actually know which way it <laughs> yeah, goes right. to get FP1. So, <laughs> yeah, going uh, to yeah, really be all
0: new for me, really, this weekend. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, the best for you. Thank you uh, very much. Come a of good, strong racers, and nice to Cheers, meet you. Cheers, Thanks a lot, mate. ta